Today's scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. If you have your iPhone or uh, phone with you, feel free to look that up uh, and join with me as we read it together. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named on earth, not only in this age but also into the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I uh, had a difficult time choosing uh, this scripture uh, today. Uh, For those of you who have to sit through this service a second time, you already know that. Uh, Thank you, by the way. Uh, I I actually preach from the lectionary. If you don't know what the lectionary is, it basically is a, a group of texts that after every three years, you would have covered the entire Bible. And, uh, and it was done way before Methodism was around. <laughs> and, uh, and I like preaching from the lectionary just because it keeps me honest. <laughs> if I feel like I think that y'all need to hear something, it does make me, I have to stick with the lectionary. And the lectionary has an Old Testament reading, uh, a psalm, a New Testament reading, which is usually a gospel, and then an epistle, which is the letters at the back. And I was trying to decide if I was going to choose between Luke, which was the Beatitudes, which I would have loved, or this Ephesians text. And uh, this Ephesians text talks about power, especially about power when it comes to Jesus compared to the power that is found among principalities on this earth. (laughs) And we all know what's coming up on Tuesday, (laughs) uh, where there is a lot of vying for power, right? And uh, and I was just, I'm I'm definitely not the person that wants to do that. I was like, Lord, I do not want to preach anywhere near politics, ever. I mean, even having the red, white, and blue stuff makes me nervous up there. Um, uh, The reason is, is because uh, my father ran for Congress when I was in fifth grade. And uh, I wore a sweatshirt that said, vote for my daddy. I passed out cards, and I, I just, I mean, I had, I had no idea what I was doing, but I loved my daddy. <laughs> and we went to every Lions Club and Rotary Club, and by the way, the Lions Club, you guys are a lot more rowdy than the Rotary Club ever was. Uh, they were throwing ping pong balls at each other and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> went to uh, all kinds of different, uh, you know, chambers of commerce meetings. I went to malls and handed out, you know, cards and and people would say, well, why should I vote for your daddy? And I'd say, come here. And I'd show him my dad and say, talk to him. <laughs> I don't know why you should vote for my dad. <laughs> but uh, he, he lost that race. My father did. And he lost it to a guy 
uh, who the entire time of that race had his jaw wired shut because on his 40th birthday, he decided to uh, go to uh, a dancing club and got into a bar fight. And, um, and my dad never brought it up. Not once did he bring it up. He, he stayed clean the whole time. He stuck to the issues uh, and never once does ever mentioned. And then my dad lost. And to a fifth grader, where life is pretty black and white, there's no gray area there, <laughs> it made me swear off politics for good. I mean, I couldn't stand politics. And I, the joke I always say is then God called me into the ministry in the Methodist church, which is full of politics, uh, anywhere near the district superintendent level or above, and especially for elders and, and deacons and, uh, and clergy. And so I just like, good Lord, this is like the worst joke in the world. But, um, but I used to tell people I was apolitical. Now, I have already voted, so I, I'm growing in the midst of all of this, <laughs> if you're worried about that. Uh, but... It really, it made me really nervous also because anytime I've ever heard a preacher, someone whose job it is to be able to expound on the word of God, bringing politics to a pulpit, it makes me very nervous because people depend on me to be able to give them and expound on the word of God and I don't ever want my personal opinion to be confused with that of God's. So if you ever see anyone preaching from the pulpit, I'm going to be leaving that room. <laughs> uh, you're welcome to follow me, but I probably will follow some of you out <laughs> if that's the case. But that's why I was so nervous about this text. And this text is such a beautiful text. You see, Paul starts off this text talking to the church in Ephesus. And he's telling them, you guys are so beautiful for your love of the saints. Now, that's the reason that, uh, that this is All Saints Sunday. Uh, and the love of the saints. Now, does anyone know what Paul understands as the saint, as a saint? I'll give you a clue. It's not someone who's been voted by the Pope that did a miracle to be, uh, to be saint-hooded. Okay? Paul sees anyone who is a disciple of Christ as a saint. So that means that you and I are saints in the eyes of Paul. And so he turns to them and says, it is your love for your fellow disciples of Christ that brings me joy. And I remember you and I give thanks every single time I remember you in my prayers. That's beautiful, right? And then Paul goes on to be able to pray a prayer for them saying, I pray for wisdom and revelation for you so that you could be able to express and understand the hope and the full power that is found in Christ. It's not, uh, it's not just coincidence that, that Paul is talking about power. You see, uh, Ephesus was one of the central powers of not only the authorities uh, at the time period, but also of the temples, of the cults, and the gods and goddesses at the time period. I just said that as a Bostonian. The goddesses. Um, and so, uh, and, so, and so Paul's basically trying to say, I really want you to understand that this power stuff is from God, not the understanding that you possibly might think of when you think of power. So if you think of power as a magistrate, uh, now this wasn't Rome, obviously. I mean, that would be the, the epitome and the center of all politics, right, in, uh, <laughs> in the Roman world. But 
this was still a very powerful place politically. And when you think of the power that uh, a country has, what do you think of? They have the ability to make your life pretty miserable, right? They could throw you in jail. (laughs) Or in that case, feed you to lions or something like that. So they actually have power over your life. They have the power of being able to decide wars and things like that, right? There's a lot of power that's going on when it comes to that. And yet, Christ is even more powerful. There's the second aspect of Ephesus is just known for all the temples that were there. And the cults of the time period. Now, the cults and a lot of the gods and the goddesses of, the, of, of, those, of those temples, they would use uh, power and it can also be understood as magic. Now, does anyone know why in the Old Testament magic is not ever to be messed with in the Old Testament by the Jewish people? Anyone know? You see, magic, they believed, was the leftover stuff of creation. So as God is forming the earth and forming all the waters and the land and the animals and everything else, there's just this stuff left over, and it's God's stuff. And it's powerful, but it's magical. And, and, and the Jewish people were not allowed to mess with it because it was the same sin as eating the forbidden fruit. Because when you messed with that, you were trying to be like God. Does that make sense? That was the issue, is when you were trying to be like God. And so here are all these cults and these temples, and they're all trying to be like God with using that power But they believed in that power a lot. They believed with fertility and crops and all kinds of stuff. And yet, Paul is saying, that power is nothing compared to the power of Christ. Now, he says, you may wonder why you think that that is a very powerful Christ. Because what did Christ ever do to show his power? And I I have a feeling that he says in this... uh, Name one of the magistrates or, you know, name a Roman emperor that has actually been resurrected bodily from death and that ascended into heaven. (laughs) Name any god or goddess that has done that. No one has the power. And so he says, that's the kind of power I'm talking about. The power that Christ has revealed within himself. That is the power that is available to you and to me. Now, this beautiful power of Christ is not meant to be like magic. You see, the power that you find uh, in the world is usually used for your own selfish desires, to be wealthy, uh, to, to be uh, uh, growing in, in your influence of other people, to be able to show your dominance against another country or something else like that. Here we have the example of Christ and the most beautiful example of the power of Christ that can be found in all of Scripture is on the cross. The very power of God that is allowing people to actually kill him through torture. And yet he's looking at the very people that are killing him and he says, Father, forgive them. That is the power of Christ. The power to bring healing and reconciliation among people. That is the power. Jesus and Paul are just turning things completely upside down saying, you think you understand power, but you have got to grasp that the greatest power in this world is love. That is what I am bringing about in this world through Christ 
is your understanding, your wisdom and your revelation and your deepening of your relationship with Christ that you understand the power of Christ. I was listening to a podcast that's actually produced here in Austin on the radio called Two Guys on Your Head. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that uh, or not, but they were talking about how uh, our society has become so ultrally polarized, especially in our politics. No, that, that's not happening at all, right? That's, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that was pure sarcasm. You can giggle and laugh, yeah. Uh, they, so they did a study. They did a study, and they were asking high schoolers and college students uh, if they were very conservative, conservative, moderate, uh, liberal, or very liberal. So you had the varies in the far ends, and you had the moderate in the middle, all right? And so, uh, and they said, looking at all of the data, that we have gotten further and further and further and further into the edges of the varies. And that's not right, too surprising for anybody, right? <laughs> and they said, the way that you combat that is that you actually intentionally find someone who is an other or one of those people, and you intentionally get to know them. And what happens is not that you just completely agree with them, that you just all come to the same table. No, it's that you actually recognize that they're human beings. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Going and hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes, eating with them, getting to know them, loving the poor and the lepers of the world. I I fully believe that Jesus, when you accept Christ, comes to dwell where? In us, right? Comes to dwell within us. That means that you, and Paul is trying to get this across to the church at Ephesus, you have the same power of Christ within you. You have the power of love and forgiveness and grace and mercy. It is flowing within you once your eyes can be opened. It's so vitally important that we grasp how important our love for other is. We sing a song, right? They're going to know that we are Christians by our what? Love. They'll know that you are my disciples because of your love for one another. Multiple times in the Bible. It does not say they'll know you're my Christians by the bumper sticker you have on your car. It does not say that they'll know that you're my disciples because of the horrible, nasty rant on Facebook posts that you put. It says that you'll know and everyone else will know that you are my disciples because of your love. That is the power of Christ the love that sees beyond all things and goes straight to forgiveness and reconciliation. There are churches that I've read about uh, that are going to be offering communion on Tuesday. And their idea was that everyone has been separated, family members, friends, dear, dear people uh, that used to be really loving and wonderful to each other, but these politics have separated that right relationship among so many people. And so their idea was, is go vote, do all your separation stuff, and then when you come back to the church, you can find reconciliation here with communion. You can find that no matter what your differences are, we can be centered 
in Jesus and the power of love found in communion. Well, I say, why wait? We don't have to wait till Tuesday. (laughs) We can do it right here and right now because God is calling each and every one of us to live into the power of love. The power that's greater than any power in the world and any power in this cosmos. You have that ability within you. So when you see the other in your life, when you see those people, I encourage you to seek out the Jesus within them. They were made in the same image of the same God. Or at the very least, if it's hard for you, just look out for the potential of Jesus in their life. That will be the beginning starting steps of the road towards the power of Jesus being lived out through you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.